Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are without the bombastic introduction from Stephen Planet tonight. He is out cruising somewhere in some ocean. This is Larry Goodman, and I am being joined tonight by the one and only the esteemed Reverend Dan Wilson. Reverend Dan, how the hell are you? Ha! You stole my line. Good one, Larry. <laughs> Very glad to be here. Thanks for asking me to uh, to step in here and help you with this special 2016 Georgia Wrestling History Award nomination reveal ceremony edition of the Tiffy Point. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, you know, I want to I want to get into that, but um, there's some uh, hot news since we've had our last show coming out of Cornelia, and I know you have um, some. Uh, involvement and knowledge of what goes on in Cornelia at the Church of Southern Wrestling this way these days. Uh, what can you tell us about what's going on? Well, I've uh, been asked that question a lot over the last few days. Got a lot of texts, got a lot of phone calls. Um, lots of things happening at the Church of Southern Wrestling. Uh, it's no secret to anybody that the Why We Wrestle banner, the successor to Anarchy and NWA Wildside, had its struggles in 2016. Uh, I was part of that in the front office uh, as the booker. And so I've been, uh, since April of 2016 to the present, I've been there dealing with all that. And sometimes, you know, we've had great successes, but we just never could catch on uh, to to something that really took hold and caught fire. And uh, the, the promoter, very inexperienced, admittedly, and uh, just overwhelmed himself, kind of uh, shot for a bigger picture than he was possibly uh, capable of executing. And so uh, there's been some, some management changes. Uh, the original, I and mean, that, that's something I don't know that I'm at liberty to say publicly. I think everybody probably knows, but I'm, I'll just not do that. But the original promoter is still involved, but there is new management involved. I don't know the details of the ownership arrangement. Uh, I I assume that there's been some sort of buy-in or transition, but to the shock of many, um, and again, I don't think I'm revealing anything out of school here because it's been publicly discussed all over social media, the original chosen one, Rick Michaels, has returned to the management office of uh, formerly the Church of Southern Wrestling, now called the Landmark Arena, the birthplace of AJ Styles. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, a pretty huge news story for Georgia Wrestling, if I do say so myself. Yeah, you know, 
If you'd asked me at the beginning of 2016 what I thought the chances were that Rick Michaels would be returning to Cornelia in some sort of a uh, management role there, I'd say, uh, you know, slim to none, slim to none that that was going to happen. So uh, the um, uh, the uh, current uh, owner, um, I guess, Zero, is <laughs> wasn't he once known as Zero or is he still known as Zero? It's still going to be. That was, uh, uh, I, I pretty well dropped that. I mean, I mean, if you've discussed it on the show, I'll just say who it is. But I just don't want to be the one to out that if I'm not supposed to. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's slipped on here uh, once or twice. But you know, let's we could just leave it at that. But um, but okay. that that gentleman's still going to be involved in, in in as well. So um, this should yeah. be this should be interesting. Um, I, I also noticed, and I did want to correct this from our last show. We had stated on here that the Wild Side reunion was going to be January the 14th, which, which is what I was originally told. Then I noticed it was listed for January 28th, and I understand now it's going to be moved back into warmer months. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, I have been told a tentative date that I'll go ahead and give, but wait until the promotion gives an official announcement before you book a flight, please. Um, it would be <laughs> April the 8th. The weekend of April the 8th, I'm I'm told now, looking forward to uh, warmer weather, uh, more time to get some of the old favorites that might not have been available on that original date, uh, more time to get some more surprises in line. I just, I think just more planning for an event of that magnitude. I think originally when the idea was brought up, it was like, oh, we'll have this wild side reunion and all the guys will come and get to see each other. And the, the fans will think it's good too. But I think we were all just doing it for the boys so we could all get together and see each other again. And the response was so overwhelming from the wrestling fan base. I think it made uh, the promotional folks there say, yeah, you know, it might be a good idea to wait and put a little more planning and forethought into this to make it a much bigger event. I understand uh, there's going to be like some fan fest type activities. It's going to be sort of like a convention wrestling event and may span over a couple of days. So look forward to an official announcement coming soon on that. Wow. Well, I mean, clearly that can be, that could be awesome if, 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 and I'm, and I'm glad more time is being set aside. If that helps more, of the wild side alumni show up for this, that would be just fantastic. So um, I'm certainly looking forward to it. I think that that could be great. I guess in the meantime, though, uh, plan is still second and fourth Saturdays at the new landmark, newly named landmark arena, correct? Yes, it would be second and fourth Saturdays. So we'll return there on January the 14th, 2017 for the first show of the year be headlined by a big main event. Uh, the, most popular odd couple tag team in Southern wrestling today, Jacob Ashworth and Strick nine will be taking on team tag <laughs> Kevin blue and Chris Spectra. Billy Buck from team tag will also be in action on the card. Odinson, the warlord of wrestling will be romping and stomping his way back into the landmark arena and a whole lot of other great stuff. So you definitely want to make your plans to be there on January the 14th. Nice. Well, let's, uh, oh, by the way, uh, we'll be speaking with Todd Sexton here is our main guest for this evening. He'll be coming on shortly, but before we get to him, let us talk about the nominations for the 2016 Georgia wrestling awards. They are just out hot off the press. They'll be posted later, but we'll reveal them here first. Um, how about if I'd like 
uh, read through these one category at a time, and you could give any reactions, responses you have to the nominees. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. All right. I'll start uh, uh, bottoms up, so to speak. Referee of the year. Uh, nominees, Tristan Michaels, Daryl Hall, uh, Antron Brewer, Chris Wiggins, and Ryan Harmon. That's a good crop um, of refs you got there. Yeah, um, that, yeah that's a I good would, crop. I was personally glad to see Daryl get on there. Um, he's certainly been all over this year and does a good job. So I was, I was, I was really happy to see that he got uh, support for uh, the referee of the year. Announcer of the year: uh, Josh Wheeler, Jason Boyd from Peach State, Brittany McWhorter. I believe she's deep Southern. Uh, Scott Hensley from SCI, and uh, last year's winner, Jonathan Feltner, who um, I understand is going to be leaving wrestling at the end of this year. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, somebody just uh, had emailed me that. I've not, you know, confirmed that, but uh, I guess he posted something that he was going to be stepping away from wrestling at the end of this year. Well, he parted um, ways with us in Cornelia um, a few months ago to go pursue some other things. And, you know, everybody left on good terms and always liked Felder. He always put in a lot of hard work. Uh, He was a good dude. And so if he is leaving the business, I wish him all the best. uh, Event of the Year nominees. Peach State, excuse me, yeah, Peach State Wrestling Stranglehold Show. PCW Sacred Ground 7. Viral Pro, the Augusta promotion, their show, Infection. SFCW's Charlie Smith Appreciation Show. Georgia Premier's No Limit Show. That was the show headlined by AJ Styles and Corey Hollis. Uh, and um, Scenic City Invitational. Uh, I should note that, of course, the Scenic City Invitational did take place in Tennessee, not in Georgia. But uh, given that there was so much Georgia involvement and uh, in previous years, I mean, last year it was in Georgia, we decided we would go ahead and, and, and include it in the event of the year. Well, that's a hell of a crop of events, but uh might be a little biased. It's going to be hard to beat the SCI. Well, I, I will say as far as nomination support, uh, SCI and the Georgia Premier Show uh, blew away the others. I mean, there were those two, and then there were scattered support for others as far as nominations go. Promotion of the year, WrestleMerica, PCW, Southern Fried Championship Wrestling, Peach State Wrestling Alliance, and uh, Georgia Premier. Another good crop of talent and promoters there. Um, moving on to Booker of the Year. We've got one... Uh, Reverend Dan Wilson. We've got Murder One. Yeah. Todd Sexton. Michael Stevens uh, from AWN, although he's not the – I understand uh, there's another person involved there, not just Michael. Matt Hankins from PCW, and last year's winner, Rick Michaels from Peach State. Awesome. Well, good luck to all of those guys. I've worked with uh, most most of them in some sort of booking capacity over the years at some level, except for Michael. I've I've worked a couple of shows with him as well, uh, just as a talent. 
but yeah, like there's a lot of good things going on in Georgia wrestling. It's probably a more positive environment than it's been in many years in terms of like the promoters. Everybody wants to be the best, but it's a friendly competition. Everybody's not out there to cut each other's throat. There's a lot of helping hands going around and, you know, a, a community kind of trying to lift up the scene. And that's good to see. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the the Southern Fried PCW joint show, uh, what weekend before last, was a real pleasure to attend and, and, and uh, be part of that atmosphere. It's it's great to see things like that going on. I couldn't agree more as far as the positive atmosphere in Georgia now compared to some certain times in the past. Promoter of the year, Josh Wheeler from AWE, Daryl Morris, Georgia Premier. Woody Hollander, Deep Southern, Charles Anschutz, Southern Fried Championship Wrestling, and Shane Knowles with Peach State. Ooh, that's a tough one to call. Um, yeah. I, I don't, you know, just from what I have not made it to all of those places, but, you know, I, I have my ear to the ground. I have my little gargoyles all about the wrestling scene that, report information back to me. So I'm well-versed on the goings-on. And uh got to say, Pete State kind of seems like the place everybody wants to be. So if that's worth anything, then I guess that's my pick. But, again, man, that's a tough crop. That, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of promoters that did a lot of good things in 2016. Moving on to the manager valet category. Uh, Brooklyn Creed, the former Brooklyn Page, Micah Galino, who I know works a lot in the Carolinas, but has does, worked Augusta and has also been at AWE and also been out in Cornelia. Logan Chase, Joseph Brock from Southern Fried, Bill Barons out at Peach State, and, of course, the one and only Jeff G. Bailey. Well, is Bailey going to win it for the 9,000th year in a row? <laughs> Possibly, because he had another great year. Um, you know, Bailey has kind of had, I don't say he's been stagnant over the last few years, but even he would admit the stuff that he's done in the last four or five years was, was good, but it wasn't like his career favorite stuff. And now he's got to sink his teeth into Gunnar Miller and really, like, dig into that, and so we've got to see a whole new dynamic with him. Uh, so, yeah, he's as good as ever, and all of those guys mentioned certainly had a great year, too. So, again, best of luck to those guys. If I'm not mistaken, Jeff has won it every single year except the one year when we had the Rampage sweep and Charlie Cash won. I think he's won it every year since what these began in 2003 or whatever it was. Uh, most improved wrestler. Boy, and there's a lot of folks that could go in this category. And, nail, and narrowing it down was tough, but we came up with this. Uh, Torque, Kiara Hogan, Charles Zanders, Damian Bennett, Odinson, and Priscilla Kelly. I would agree with all of those. Um, I've only become familiar with Odinson recently, you know, in the last few months, and he's been pretty fantastic since I've had him down there, but... Um, you know, I, I have seen that he's been around for a minute, so and I heard that he he was a bit clunky in his early days, but man, that guy's come along. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, tag team stable division, and it looks like this year we might actually have a stable potentially winning for the first time. The uh, tag team stable nominees: the Movement, Lynch Mob, 
backbone, and this is the larger version of the, uh, well, let me say the beautiful ball besties, of course. Last year's winner also nominated the Hierarchy, Murder One, Jimmy Rave, Iceberg, Chip Day, Kimberly from uh, AWE, The Kingsmen from Peach State, Tommy Too Much, Kyle Matthews, Logan Creed, J- uh, Jeremiah Slash Slim J, <laughs> Tristan Michaels, and ringleader Bill Behrens. And also nominated along with the besties were, was the Backbone, which is the larger version, which also includes Drew Adler, and in AWN includes Leon McMichael and Shane Curtis. So, you know, you've got guys nominated twice <laughs> in the tag team division. Wow, that's uh, <laughs> that's quite interesting. Uh, the Legends division, which are uh, Legends Award, which we did not have an award last year because it is the one award that requires a majority of voters uh, t- to have someone be named the winner. So um, we've considered limiting the names in the ballot to three. I don't think a final decision has been na- made on that. But at this point, it's five, and it's Woody Hollander, uh, Robert Gibson, Curtis Hughes, Terry Lawler, and Rick Michaels. A lot of guys for a lot of different reasons that could make that claim. It would be interesting to see who comes out on top there. Best female performer, another hotly contested category this year, which it has not always been. Uh, Pandora, Jessica Lee, Priscilla Kelly, Dementia DeRose, and Kiara Hogan. The women's division has exploded this year in Georgia, and uh, you know we're all the better for it. Uh, we've got a women's division now in Cornelia for the first time. Pretty much everybody is featuring women at some prominent level now, and that is a far cry from the past, so way to go, gals. Best male performer, Ashton Starr, Tommy Too Much, Kevin Blue, The Carpenter, Francisco Chiazzo, AJ Steele, and Sal Renaro. We um, typically, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to ask. So that's what best male performer. What are you going for in that category? Like the total package? It's was for. It's more like the Tommy Rich Award. Um, you know, more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more of the the uh, uh, performing aspects versus technical aspects, let's say. Okay, yeah, okay, I can dig it. Um and you know, we've we've kind of limited to 5 in each category, but I uh, we couldn't see a way to get it down to 5. I couldn't certainly couldn't get it see a way to get it down to 5. I didn't want to leave any of those people out. Um down to the last two categories here. Best technician Kyle Matthews, perennial winner. Jimmy Rave, uh, Slim J, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Gladiator Jeremiah, Corey Hollis, and Anthony Henry. Whew. <laughs> you pick a, a straw, man, like any one of those guys. Uh, had, they all had banner years. I think Anthony Henry probably broke out of the pack to most of those guys, though. Like, everybody knew those other guys were great. But uh, Anthony Henry proved he was also great in 2016. Yeah, yeah. I mean, winning that uh, 
PWX tournament and getting the wins over really, really big name talent. I mean, um, I'll, I mean, I'll be at that didn't happen in Georgia, but nevertheless. Uh, overall wrestler: Tyson Dean, Strychnine, Chip Day, Gunner Miller, Slim J, and Jimmy Rave. <laughs> Everything I said about the last category, you can apply to that too. Wow. That's a, a great yeah. field of talent. Um, that said, let's bring on our uh, featured guest, Mr. Todd Sexton, see what uh, reactions he might have if he happened to be listening into those uh, listings. Is that you, Todd? It is. Hey, Dan. Hey, Larry. Hey. Welcome. How's it going, brother? What's up? Glad to have you here. Uh, how's everything been going down at Southern Fried, my friend? I've been enjoying it. I gotta say, I really have. Um, I was, you know, we haven't really to do anything really much this month, but once the new year hits, we're uh, we're pretty much locked and loaded for you know getting on the right schedule and getting going. Outstanding. So I'm very excited about the... it. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I'll just say I'm excited about it. I am. No, I'm just saying, interesting to have the uh, uh, former Why We Wrestle Booker and the current Why We Wrestle Booker on the same show. And also both former Anarchy Bookers. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and both former assistants at Wildside. So. And Wildside <laughs> Friday Night Bookers several times. Let's just say we came through the same systems. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And I made this comment many times over the last few uh, weeks, talking to Bill, talking to Ray, talking to Charles. Um, you know, we, we, you know, especially when the uh, the looming Wildside reunion show talked about the stars that have come through and this and that. But you look at where um, the booking across Georgia is now, um, where, with Dan, me, Ray. Uh, I think even Chip and Jimmy, you know, and Murder One, you know, everybody has come through uh, that system as far as booking and stuff, uh, uh, as far as the uh, main shows in Georgia. Yeah, for sure. Hey. Wildside has like an octopus-like grip on the state. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Todd, I got to ask you. You know, you you stepped away from booking when you left while we wrestle. What got you to come back to Southern? Well, you know, I, I just wasn't happy doing what I was doing at YWE. And, um, you know, and I was ready, as I always am, for my 17 retirements to step away. <laughs> and I was I was perfectly content and happy. Um, and then my wife gets a Facebook message from Charles. Because Charles is smart and knows to go ask my wife first before he asked me um, and ask if um, I was um, willing to get back in the game. And I've had a few offers to do different things here and there since I left YWE. And I'm just like, no, no. But when that came up, my wife had the same reaction I did. I was like, huh, that sounds interesting. And then I talked to Charles, and me and Charles got along great in anarchy and stuff. And, um, it sounded something fresh, something new for me to do. So, I mean, I've booked nowhere but that building my whole tenure booking. 
So someplace different and fresh in a different system sounded revigorating to me. It's amazing what a change of scenery can do for you. Um, like it, it really can just make you fall in love with the business all over again if you fall in the right circumstances. This is kind of what happened with Empire uh, a few years ago up in Rossville when I kind of stepped away from coming down to Georgia. My daughter was an infant, so I didn't really want to travel. And, like, this place mm-hmm. opened up right here close to home, and uh, it was just all new again, you know, and it was doing the same old stuff that we'd always done, but now it was in front of new people with new talent. And uh, it's just amazing what it can do. So I'm I'm glad for you, man. Um you know, if it, there's no contention here on my end for, for that's what I was talking about earlier with Larry's, it's like the community in wrestling in Georgia right now is such a great supportive, like we're not out here trying to cut each other's throats. I know, for oh, yeah. example, just a, a few shows ago, you know, we had an issue with a match that needed to be moved or something, and, you know, one of the guys was double shot, and, like, I know I can call Todd and be like, hey, man, <laughs> what can we yeah. do here? You know, it, it, it's a great system. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you guys, you know, um, and that's, that's abnormal for us to run on the same nights because we draw a little bit from the same pocket, so we keep it from, you know, us crossing over, whereas, you know, us in Peach State, we're on different sides of the world. The only thing we got to worry about drawing is Goodman. So, I mean, we don't have to worry about the same fans going either way. So it all works out where everybody has their own little pocket. We're sharing talent. You know, I'm friends with Jeff and Dan and – Rick and Danny and Bill, obviously, and stuff. So, yeah, it is a good environment. It really is. There's no heated rivalry. You know, there's a competitive rivalry. You know, definitely competitive rivalry, but no, you know, I don't dislike anybody. Well, and I yeah, I think it's a, it's a good environment for the fans. It's certainly a good one for me. Uh, you know, a few years ago, there weren't always weekends when there were shows I really wanted to see. And now every weekend, there's more than one show I want to see. And it's hard. I'm having to pick and choose where am I going to go because there's, there's so much good stuff happening around the state. It's been a real uh, pleasure in, in, in that way. Yeah, Todd, I was wondering what your thoughts are so far on uh, likeness, likenesses, differences between the Cornelia crowd and the Monroe crowd. Um, their similarity, they like stories. Um, well, you know how Cornelia was, sometimes they love the wrestling, but then sometimes they just sit on their hands. And, you know, but for instance, the first show I was, um, looking at, um, Bennett, um, Damian Bennett and, um, I can't remember his name and that sucks because he's our current champion. (laughs) Um, God, I feel like a dick. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, great wrestling match going on is babyface versus babyface, and the crowd's into it. So it was like an education for me. Like they will go with babyface, babyface. But you know, you don't want to push it too hard. But they, you know, they're more open mind. They're open minded for that. So might you might, might you been thinking of rethinking of Brian Kane? Thank you. I, I Brian Kane, and I don't know why I brain farted on that, but um. But yes, Brian Kane, David Bennett had a really, it was babyface, babyface, and a really good match, and the crowd got into it. And that that was also that first show was for me, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm out in the crowd just to see what they like and what they respond to, and what you know what hits the buttons. And it shows that sometimes the wrestling does hit the buttons. And I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's um, a lot of similarities. I mean, there's some differences, but I haven't, you know. 
picked up enough to where I'd say, oh, this wouldn't work in Cornelia, but it worked here, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing for me is that now I work with a budget when I'm booking. That's totally <laughs> new for me. You know, because they can speak at the arena. You, you don't have a budget, you know, because guys aren't coming to necessarily get paid uh, in the past because it was all about learning from getting the opportunities and stuff. But now I have a budget to, you know, that I got to stay under when I'm booking it and stuff. And that, that's been, uh, that's, you know, something new for me. And I'm, I've gotten the hang of it a little bit. But the first show I budgeted, I'm like calling Charles up, okay, how the hell do I do this? And, you know, and it, it's worked out now that I did the next couple of shows and everything's coming in real good. But, you know, the first time I did, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to, I'm going to only have three matches or something. <laughs> so. When, around the time that uh, you came on board, uh, Todd, there was it, there was a thought of or in the direction of splitting uh, the promoting in Monroe into marquee wrestling and Southern Fried wrestling, and now that seems to have been melded back into one promotion. Um, what what can you say about that that scenario? I think that Charles saw. It was a decision by Charles, and I think he saw that we can combine them both. You know, we can have the best of both worlds on that, where, you know, we can get the talent to do the marquee style and have those, you know, those, uh, you know, matches, not necessarily angles or storylines, but just matches on the show to go along with whatever angles they're building and whatever heat we can generate with the, uh, with the stars we have. So I think it's more of a conglomerate because, you know, I mean – with my likes, my likes for what I like, you know, a lot of it's wrestling based, but I also am fully aware of what, you know, what we need to draw and stuff. So I like the combination of lions, tigers, and bears, where you have the technical wrestling, you have the high spot, you have the brawl, and then you have the big money match. So I think we can, can do that with just Southern Fire without having trying to uh, split it up into separate brands or something. Um, That's one, it. You hit on the big point. Oh, sorry, Larry. I didn't mean to cut no, you off, ahead. but I just wanted to comment that he uh, you hit on a big point that's important for me that I think a lot of wrestling in 2016 misses. I'm all for the niche markets. It is what it is. If people are liking wrestling, buying wrestling, paying money for wrestling, I don't care what it is. I'm happy for guys to be able to make a living. But I truly think your best bet when you're promoting a wrestling show is that you want to hit all of the various types of fans that you might attract. So like Todd said, the lions, tigers, and bears, you want to, they don't like the cruiserweights. Maybe they'll like the hardcore stuff. If they don't like that, maybe like the big guys, they don't like that. Maybe they'll like the comedy. You know, you, you gotta, you gotta get a little something for everybody. Yeah. And that's the, that's the ideal thing. You want to, you want to throw everything out there just so the show flows. You don't want, you know, I did that tag team tournament. My goal was not to have, um, eight tag team matches where everybody can build into the hot tag, you know, trying to come up with different ways to do a tag team match, which is a very, a very slender format a lot of the times. And to have a, you know, to try to change up and do different things so the matches all don't seem the same. Uh, Todd, what are your thoughts on, from what you've seen so far of the, um, the, the roster that you have there at um, Southern Fred? Um. So far, so good. Everybody's been real, you know, real welcoming and stuff. And, um, you know, I've included, you know, I brought in some people and stuff. Um, Jimmy came on board shortly as I arrived. Um, Michael Judas. So I have some of, um, you know, Adrian Hawkins moved back to Georgia. So I immediately snatched him up because he sent me stuff. And his, uh, you even commented, I think, in your report how his ring presence has now grown. 
Oh where, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He he now he because you know, and I've told guys even if you're working in a small territory because he's working in Phoenix where there's no wrestling scene, but he showed up there and he, they immediately made him the top guy and the top trainer because of um, what he's done here, what he can do, you know, the experiences he had. And being a top guy there translated in how he acts himself here. Like I even told him, ditch the water bottle. That's a fun little gimmick. You now have that presence. Now you don't need the little shortcuts. So, I mean, I got one of my favorites, Bobby Moore, snatched him, you know, to get him in there. And um, dude, I want to integrate the guys that, you know, I've used in the past and that I know into – what we have here, like Tetchy. Um, I saw when Charles gave me, you know, he gave me a bunch of DVDs so I can get familiar with the talent. And I saw, okay, this is something, there's a lot here we can work with. And then, you know, I see the gimmick and I see there's some athletic ability here that he can do. And then um, everything I thought he could do, he did in that match with Judas where I thought, okay, he's got it. Uh, I got Drew Blood, who's hilarious and a great character. And um, Damian Bennett, who is, uh, you know, I think, yeah, you mentioned him earlier in the uh, Most Improved, who's really coming into his own and starting to develop a personality now. So, you know, you know, still ways to go as far as learning, guys. Uh, Chris Nelms coming in, who's always been a big character guy um, there and stuff, and I'm looking forward to working with him and seeing what we can do with, you know, the places we can go with the character and stuff, so. You know, I'm not coming in and just like, okay, I'm bringing all my guys in and all you guys are screwed. I'm giving everybody an opportunity and putting everybody in spots where they can prove, you know, they can prove they want to be there and prove they can contribute. So I'm not just coming in going, okay, as, you know, some places a new booker comes in, scrape out all the guys that have been there, and then here are my guys that I know, but I'm bringing in some of my guys, but I'm integrating them with the guys there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you have to do that. Uh, it's like I think that's the mark of a, a mature booker, <laughs> you know, is that you come in and you see, okay, what's best for business here, not just what do I want to see, and that's yeah. what you—that's the thing that you have to differentiate between. Because when you're immature as a booker, I think you're you lean towards you you want to book what you want to see. That's not exactly, always what yeah. draws money. That's what draws money exactly, and then you also got. You don't want to just, uh, and you know, oh, I don't want to step on any toes, but at the same time, you got to sometimes to get the product you want. And I mean, I got guys like Jagged, who I've known, you know, from Anarchy and stuff, who's awesome. And then, you know, um, it's just everybody has been real good. I mean, we've had a couple of really good shows. I think I've only done three, though. And the first one was good, but it wasn't what I wanted. But I was, I, you know, I was my first show, and I didn't you know, booked the show per se, but I laid it out. And then by the second one, I felt like we were rolling. And then the third one, the tag team turn was sort of thrown together, but it still played. And now um, where we're at now, I'm really excited about. I was um, curious, Todd, about the team of uh, Makuji and uh, Blood, the jo- Joseph Brock Enterprises, because they seem like such an, you know, like an odd couple. you got this real comedy guy and another, the other guy's a real serious guy. Um and you know I like it, but I'm not exactly sure why because it's it's such an odd couple. I know it is. Well, I mean that was already there. That was one that was already there. And I first saw it when I first saw it. I was like, okay, maybe I need to split this up. But then it works. It, it does kind of work with Drew Blood being this over the top buffoon. I think you even used the word buffoon. And Tetchy being the serious monster for some reason, it it plays. It's a weird dynamic, but it does work. Um. 
And like, like I said, I, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this doesn't seem, but the more I saw it and saw them, you know, I was like, okay, there's, this does sort of work. And it is, it is a weird combination, but it does, you know, sometimes you don't know what works until you see that it works. Hey, Dan, have you had the chance to see the Drew Blood? Here and there at shows, I, he's he's been around for a while, right? I, if it's the same guy I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah, he's been okay. around for a bit, yeah. I have not seen him recently, no. He, he he just, like, to me, like, in terms of using the word buffoon, he's in the Jay Clinton category of buffoons. I mean, not a different different but he's that funny with some of the stuff he does yeah think of heel Sal Renaro when Sal is totally over the top and doesn't care you know <laughs> where he is you know, okay. he's just going out of his way to be you know I mean I mean it's a character where there's a lot you can do with it and uh, you know we got a, a couple ideas coming up that I think will be extremely entertaining but also you hit the nail on the head lions tigers and bears I got my comedy guy I got my guy who can lighten the mood on the show after a, a serious angle or something and give, you know, have some fun out there to, you know, change the pace of the show for a little bit before we bring it back around to some more serious stuff. Yeah, I, I think that philosophy has somewhat evolved over the years. It's it's hard to say that 100% of the time, absolutely funny is no money when you have The Rock drawing millions of dollars cracking uh, dick jokes on national television. But I still subscribe to the philosophy of you, you typically don't drive uh, your wrestling with comedy. But that doesn't mean there's not a spot for it. That doesn't mean that there's not uh, a place where it actually adds something to what you're doing. And so yeah, it sounds exactly. like you've got on that formula there. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's just part of the, he's part of the show. And he, he plays his, uh, you know, there's no small roles, only small wrestlers. So he plays his part well. Awesome. Um, I gathered, Todd, you were listening in when we were uh, reading off the nominees. Did you did you catch all of that? I caught from. Um, I think Dan was uh, when I came in. Dan, I sounded like he was talking about Jeff. Um, oh, okay. From the so I came out. in. I came in the managers. I guess. I assume any, that was. A, uh, yeah, I assume it was Jeff. Any thoughts about what what you did here? Um, let's see. Um, Jeff is always great. It's almost sometimes you try to look for other people besides Jeff. Um, no offense to Jeff, but I think the uh, the uh, did Jeff win the year that Dan had his big run. Yeah, I mean, it I think wasn't he may have, the Georgia wrestling. It, it was Georgia it was wrestling TK different. at the time. So I won yeah. that one in '06 when I had okay. my big run. But by the time yeah. it went over to Georgia wrestling history, Jeff won every year. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, yeah, well, Jeff is Jeff. He's a standard bearer for what we have. So sometimes I look past. So as far as manager of the year, just for the success and just because I know it'll make him feel really happy, Bill, for what he's accomplished over there uh, in Peach State, doing the angle he was born or do, playing the character he was born to do that I tried to talk him into doing several times <laughs> at the arena, but he never wanted to do it there. And, of course, now he's there. He doesn't have the responsibility, so he can just go out there and act like a total buffoon. That's our key word tonight, by the way. It looks like it's a buffoon. Yep. And he just does such a tremendous job, and he's just having the best time ever. So I, I would strive to get, probably give it to Bill as far as manager. Um, and probably when he said about tag teams and stables, I would go, probably go with Bill's group just for what they've accomplished in, you know, um, this year and stuff. 
and yeah, that that's going to be a tough one. That that uh, tag team yeah. award. It's too bad Adrian and Bobby came on too late because I honestly think they're going to start really gelling in the next few months, and you'll see them really come together as a hell of a tag team. Oh, yeah, I don't know if you saw, but I was like, uh, you know, everything I was trying with Bobby was like it would hit for a little bit, and then it kind of peter out, and we were having trouble getting guys uh, who were around to really Mm -hmm. make that SBC stable work. So yeah. I was like, I asked him and Adrian, I was like, you guys want to run with this thing? I mean, you're doing it over here already. It's like, it's something you want to invest in? Because we can do that. And they were like, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, well, let's fucking yeah, do Adrian that. Told me. Yeah, Adrian told me. He was like, hey, it's like, I'm like, sweet. That means you can get more ring time and stuff. And I just saw, I mean, I was trying to put together a tag team that I knew could run on top with good personalities. And I was like, fucking Adrian and Bobby. I mean, for some reason, it just clicks because they're so opposite. But they, you know, they had that first match in the tournament. By the second match, they were, like, totally on the same page. And it just just flowed from there. And I think I think by this time next year, if they continue to stay together, they'll be in the talk for Tag Team of the Year. Yeah, because being at the tournament that night, Todd, when, when they came out, I thought, well, I don't think this is going to work. But then it worked. I mean, it, it was yeah. clear, by, like you say, by the second match, it was clear that it was going to work. So good deal. Yeah, I was happy about that because I just saw – and I always love, you know, going back to me and Masada and my tag teams growing up, like the Heart Foundation and the Blonde, the whole op, even Beefcake and Valentine, just because i got to get my Brutus Beefcake reference in somehow, and this seems the best way to do it. The whole opposites attract tag team thing, you know, sometimes it really just clicks, and I thought those two would, and they, they seem to. And – Oh, so, uh, performer, go okay, ahead. you said uh, original, uh, what was it, male performer of the year. Um, I don't know how you can, you know, and not, not to diss any of the guys, but I don't know how you can go get Sal for what he, you know, for making this comeback and getting to the level he's at. And, you know, I'm biased because he's one of my best friends, you know, not just in wrestling but in real life. But, I mean, the work he's done, and I heard about the, ma- the, the Battle Royal finish with Posey at the last Peach State show, how that was off the chain. And um, his work in the tag, and there's a reason I put you know him all the way to the finals in the tagging tournament because I knew it was a guy I could put out there three times in a night. And even if he didn't have time to put the match together, he would just go out there and do it, and I wouldn't have to worry about it. Right. And because he's right. totally got got to where he was when he stopped working and stuff, and he just always tremendous. Whether it's being serious, whether it's being funny, just entertaining on the mic, whatever. But like I said, I'm biased, but I agree. I think it should be Sal. It. Every young wrestler should watch his matches just to what, look at his use of facial expressions. I mean, yeah. just incredible, the way he uses facial expressions. Just incredible was underrated. <laughs> I've got a Brutus Beefcake and a Just Incredible reference. It's going to be a good night. Uh, well, Larry served that one up to you on the silver platter. I'm sure he did. Sure did. did. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it had to search hard for that one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hmm. Like yeah, I, I thought it was. You can go ahead. Sorry, Strict Nine's up for Wrestler of the Year. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, that's great awesome. to see. I think he's the under, most underrated top guy in Georgia. I don't think people, uh, you know, you know he and a lot of people are like, oh, Danny's 
Gangs promotion, Strick gets the belt, be the, the top babyface guy. Uh, Strick was going to be the top babyface in Anarchy coming out of War Games if Anarchy continued. I was, you know, positioning Strick for that spot. And Strick is just, you know, one thing about Strick, and I've told him this before, is that he um, he's one of the few guys who has a gimmick and works within that gimmick. He doesn't try to do technical stuff. He goes out there and fights and even is purposely sloppy. Like when he throws blows, he's almost like vatering people. He's not doing precise punches because that character would not go out there and do that. And I think that shows a great understanding of how to work within your character that a lot of guys overlook. Because everybody wants to be pretty and do the good match, but Strick knows to go out, what he has to do to go out there and accomplish it and play within his character. Oh, yeah, and, and over the last year even, he has grown so much as a wrestler. Um, I, I call him the alt-Jerry Lawler uh, because that's the kind of baby face he has been uh, in Cornelia this year. Uh, and, and, you know, he does have, like you said, some of the Vader-like blows when he's making his comeback. But when he goes to fire that big one, it's the best-looking punch I've seen in a long time. He knows and, how he's doing, I mean. I'm so proud so of him. So many guys don't get the value of a good punch, but he gets the value of a good yeah. punch, and he is a total package wrestler. He can go out there and do the technical match. He had a, like a damn near five-star match with Anthony Henry uh, earlier in the year, but he can also go out there and do the hardcore. He's he's very well-rounded, and I totally agree. He's highly underrated. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, even though he's positioned as a top guy wherever he goes, I don't people. Uh, I don't think people realize just that – how good he is and how good he is in his role, you know, and, and playing his character and stuff. I, I, you know, when you said him, I was like, oh, that's an obvious one that nobody realizes is an obvious one. And another one in that category that I think people need to have their eye on is uh, one young Gunner Miller, just his first year really on the Georgia wrestling scene as a whole. He spent a couple of years up with us in the Chattanooga area, uh, sort of getting prepared and groomed to – to come start making towns, and now he's been doing that, and what a hell of a year he's had, uh, heavyweight champion in multiple promotions, uh, very few defeats, and uh, just coming a long way, not just winning the SCI, but also um, where he came from the beginning of the year under the guidance of with, with Jeffy Bailey to where he is now, you can see that he's coming into his own as this jock asshole heel, and it's a thing of beauty. It's awesome when you see guys get to that point where they start piecing it together. It's fun to be with guys, and speaking of Gunner, go back to our Gunner, Shatter, where it was guy, um, guys were when I had them, and you'd have to babysit the matches being put together, and then it got to the point where like, all right, this is what you're doing. Go do it. Cool. Yeah, that's when you know that, uh, that they've graduated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Gunner certainly could have, if he if he wasn't in the wrestler of the year grouping, he certainly could have been in the most improved. Uh, yeah, most improved group as well. And he said, excuse me. Uh, yeah, most improved. Odinson, you are you mentioned him in there, and yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen him since the last. Uh, he did the last Anarchy show where we were first getting me and Bill first getting our hands on him, and of course you're like, oh, all the potential here. And, you know, he can work like a, you know, and then was, but we didn't get a chance to really go because Anarchy went down. I think he did one while we wrestle show when I was there. And then I saw him at the marquee show against Gunnar Miller. And I was so impressed because I was like, wow, he really has come a long way. He's not just depending on his, 
his size and muscles. He's out there working, selling, and then uh, he and then the first year I did, he worked with uh, Corey Rainman, and they just tore it down. And I was like, wow, he's really you know putting the pieces together. And he's such a, like a respectful and classy dude. As and like he's the type of talent I like to work with because he listens. He actually gives mm-hmm. the shit what you have to say about his match, and he wants to take that and get better. And there's so many guys when you give them a little feedback, you can tell you're getting that stink eye. Like yeah, you, know, you don't even get it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I got that. I remember I at the Marquee show. I got. I won't say their name, but I was talking about the match and just sitting there not even responding. I was like. All right, well, I guess I ain't going to worry about, you know, putting any faith in you. And um, the best part was is I asked him, like, how long have you been working? He told me. And I was like, really? And then I just, you know, that was it. It was like, once you, you know, if you don't can't take criticism, we're not open to criticism, then that just puts a level on what you can accomplish yeah. and learn. How, how else do you get better? I mean, if you can't, if you can't, you know, take constructive criticism and put it to use, I don't know how you can I mean, better. I've been – me and Dan have been in this business for, you know, over 15 years, and I'm pretty sure Dan still takes criticism because I know I do. You know, I mean, and we're on the other side of the coin where we're giving people criticism, but I sure as hell like to hear criticism for, um, you know, what what I do. You know, I mean, that's why, honestly, you know, uh, Larry, you're important because you put these reports up, so it's good to see another person's perspective of what we're trying to accomplish whether we agree with it or not, it's another perspective, so it's something to take into consideration, and it's nice to have well, it. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I mean, it, obviously, I mean, it applies to any field. Why shouldn't it apply to wrestling? I mean, you've got to exactly be able right. to take constructive criticism to, to get better, whatever you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you don't agree with it, that's fine, but at least you know that that perspective is out there. So you can take it and, you know, and work with it and like, okay, well, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, well, he doesn't see where we're going. And then when we get there, you're, you're, you know, you're with it or that, you know, I mean, there's so many things you can, you can work with that, but it's nice to have that other perspective because, you know, a lot of times when you're booking, as Dan will tell you, everybody just kisses your ass sometimes because you're the booker and they don't want to make you mad. So they want to be featured well and stuff. So you don't get, you know, what you would, uh, you know, what sometimes you need as far as what's working and what's not, because sometimes when you book in a vacuum, Bill Barron's term, Dan knows it well, in a vacuum, mm-hmm. you don't you don't see the full picture. You just see what you want to see, and that's one good thing is like you know, we haven't done any shows with Southern Fry, so it gives me a whole different perspective and look at the shows from a different perspective and talk to different people and this and that to get you know where we're going and how I have the shows laid out, you know, and, and where I want to get to and stuff. Cause, um, so it's, you know, it, you know, it's a whole different thing of work, you know, as far as booking for me than I've done in the past, which is exciting. Yeah, I agree with you on the criticism thing. A hundred percent. Like I'm begging somebody to tell me I suck. Like, if you're a good talent, yeah. you really should want that because yeah. like, I mean, for years you go to places, they okay. If you're the, one of the best guys, wherever you go, then everybody's just going to, like you said, they're going to not because you're the booker, but they're still going to kiss your ass and tell you everything that you do is great. And like, I, I mean, I don't have a job, so it's apparently not great enough. So somebody tell me I fucking yeah. suck, please. <laughs> well, it's like when, um, you know, um, you know, Adrian, Adrian Hawkins, when he's over in Arizona, he would send me his matches because he was the best guy there. So he had nobody to tell him what it was doing wrong and stuff. 
So he like upload his matches and send them to me and tell him what he did wrong. And I'd say, oh, this, this, and you know, the manager do this. And it's like when um, AJ would come to the arena, you know, and, I, and I'm the guy who's been there the longest at that point. I'd be like, hey, watch my match and tell me because everybody else is like, oh, it was good, oh, it was good because I'm slash Booker in wrestling, something I don't want to do again, please. And you know, I needed somebody to tell me, hey, what what, what worked and what didn't. Hey, uh, one more thing that I wanted to say about Strychnine, just going back to him for a second. The other thing about that guy is he's one tough son of a bitch. Oh, you have no idea. He, you know, he, you know, I trained him, and he just started getting going at the very beginning of Anarchy, and then he disappeared because I think it was his ankle. And then he came back, and he started from the bottom up, and he is, yeah, he's tough, and he, um, he, uh, it's funny, um, he, last week, he texted me and told me he uploaded our match from towards the, um, in Anarchy, the match we had, and, uh, Brent was the referee for it when he was heel ref and stuff, and, and just watching, and I was like, you know, it was cool, because I wanted to work with him, because he's one of my, one of my kids, and just the way he's come up and stuff, and we had a warm and fuzzy that week of talking about it, because it's like, you know, I'm so proud of him, not just as a performer or worker but as a person i mean he's a guy who takes care of his daughters you know i mean it's such a family guy and you know looks like the biggest dirt bag in the world but straight edge and great father and stuff and you know can't say enough, enough nice things about him he's really got it together and like larry said he is the, he is a tough son of a bitch like that's not yeah. it, not just in wrestling he, i mean he's legitimately tough i've seen him handle a few situations in yeah. public <laughs> he, you know a lot of people bitch about the current crop of wrestlers saying oh these guys couldn't whip anybody in a fight strict nine can whip three or four in a fight because i've seen it with my yeah. own eyes <laughs> if i got a problem i i say strict and juice y'all come with me and i ain't got nothing to worry about <laughs> uh, hey, so Todd, before we let you go, what would you like to plug? Tell us about upcoming events, etc. Yeah, well, we'll go with January because January's coming up. But we got um, big show, cold as ice, um, January seventh. We got uh, yeah, Jimmy Ray versus Michael Judas, and the winner of that match will get a uh, title shot against uh, Teshi Mikushi that evening. Uh, a match I'm really looking forward to as a fan, uh, the Lynch Mob challenging Adrian and Bobby for the tag team titles. Um, Billy Buck versus C.B. Suave, and you know, anytime Billy Buck wrestles, that's always good. And C.B. Suave is also one of the underrated talents in Georgia. You're here. Um, Jagged Edge versus Drew Blood. Uh, four way to combine uh, two championships because there's um, one thing me and Charles uh, talked about when we first came in was like too many championships around. We got the Cruiserweight Cup and something called the um, Monroe City title that Trevor Eon held but it only defended it twice and we're going to get rid of it and combine those two titles in a four way was Trevor Eon, Damian Bennett, uh, Corey Hollis, and um, Brian Kang. So, and we also got a match with uh, Trinity Explodes with the two members of Trinity with Jamie versus Big Andy with uh, Chris Nelms, who was the creator of Trinity, I believe, as the referee. So, lions and tigers and bears on that show. So, I mean, anytime you got uh, Michael Judas versus uh, Jimmy Rave, I mean, how can that go bad? Yeah, really. And I think the Lynch Mob versus Adrian Bobby is going to be uh, – pretty phenomenal as well. And we got a few surprises in store and I'm really looking forward 
Um, we're getting the it's getting now to where I envisioned it being when I first uh took the job. So I'm very much excited. It's really reinvigorated my passion and my confidence in what I'm doing. I didn't have much confidence during the uh why we wrestle run. And, you know, a lot of uh anxiety, a lot of my own personal problems as far as you know, with the death of my brother, anxiety I think played a part in it and just Things weren't clicking, and now I show up, and I don't have to worry about anything but the booking as opposed to worrying about setting up chairs, um, security, people, somebody working the front door, or this or that. I, don't, I worry about Charles has got the thing running like a old, old machine. So all i got to worry about is uh, doing my job, and it's, it's, a, it's pretty cool. Nice. And I got, Kelly, I got my wife, Kelly, to help me. I need to put that in there so I don't get in trouble later. So... <laughs> She's the she's the uh, the den mother back there. You ask any of the guys back there. So, and how about you, so, Mr. Wilson? Look, Go ahead, Todd. Sorry. Yeah, what's going on with you? Yeah, come on, Dan. I mean, y'all got some exciting stuff happening up there now. Yes, sir. We're talking about a little bit at the top of the hour. Uh, the hail has frozen over in Cornelia because Rick Michaels is now back part of the management team, and he's got a lot of great plans, taking some of the success he had at Peach State Wrestling to Cornelia to try to get that town pumping and hot again. January 14th, we're back at the uh, no longer the church now, the Landmark, Landmark Arena, Arena in Cornelia. Yeah. <laughs> the, the birthplace of AJ Styles, uh, the Landmark <laughs> Arena. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the big main event will be Team Tag taking on the most popular odd couple tag team in Southern Wrestling, the Lethal Dust, Strict Nine, and Jacob Ashworth. Uh, we'll also have uh, Adrian Hawkins and Bobby Moore against the Lynch Mob, so whoever wins that first Ooh, match at Southern Pride is going to be a nice rematch still going on the match. next <laughs> two you weeks. Still in my match. I have six I tag teams, my friend. I was proud of that match, putting that match together. <laughs> I have yeah. six tag teams. Fucker. All right. Hey, I got one. Fuck it. <laughs> Forget oh, what I said earlier about having heat with the competitors now. Now it's on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's that's gonna be great. Uh, got Odinson coming back. Got women's wrestling action coming back. Uh, Rock and Roll Roxy and Black Widow gonna be making their debuts. Billy Buck gonna be in action. Uh, Brad Cash, the Death Wish himself, and a whole lot more. We got the big Wild Side reunion coming up in the springtime. Tentative date April eighth. But again, wait for the official word from the promotion yeah, before you for, book a flight. Wait for the yeah, wait for the official word on the uh, Wild Side reunion. Because I've been told about be a big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've been told like three different dates now, so let, like don't yeah. hold me to that. But got that coming up. Got the Carnage Cup. I'll be returning to IWA Deep South for commentary in April. Also at the end of the month, I uh, got the Phoenix City Invitational coming up. Twenty seventeen is going to be fun. Right. You can follow me on Twitter right, at Dragons right. Rejects. Real quick, then. Real quick. Okay, he got a shitload of stuff, and I got one show in. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> January twenty second, Buford. We got at that, you know, we got a special Sunday show at the bar. Hold on one second. What is that place we're having that show in Buford? The Tannery. The Tannery Row Ale House. That's why my wife is, takes care of things. And we'll have a big hoss fight. The main event: Michael Judas versus Jeter versus Odinson. Oh so, hell yeah! 
Yeah, you know, I mean, it's going to be big guys killing each other. So how can you go wrong with that? Plus, we'll have, you know, pretty much everybody else on the roster on that one. So uh, number one contenders match with Strict Nine versus uh, Slim J slash the Gladiator. And as 2017, excuse me, as 2016 winds down, one more major show on the calendar. That's AWE Show of the Year. Uh, headlined by the Carnies versus Hierarchy in the Ultimate Cage Sacrifice Match. That's their first ever cage match. Jimmy Rave defends the Georgia Wrestling Crown against Martin Stone. David Starr against Michael Elgin. Women's action, Heidi Lovelace coming in against Priscilla Kelly. Colby Carino against Sugar Dunn. A loaded card, as always. And that's at the Opera Nightclub next Tuesday night. And we will return to the on the tipping point on January 3, get your votes in for the annual awards. If you're part of the Georgia wrestling industry, so to speak, send those in to Brian Slack, GWH at yahoo.com. I'm sure he'll be posting a ballot, but we also read the nominations off on this show. And thank you, Todd, for being our guest this evening. Thank you, Dan, for uh, stepping in as co-host. Very much appreciated. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Thank you. Thanks we'll for be having back. me. You're welcome. You're welcome, and thanks, Dan. We'll see you guys in the tipping point in the new year. Happy New Year. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.